Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys, John and Roger and myself, Bob. Neil's not with us. Look forward to having him back next week. Uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing great, Bob. Good, how are you? Good. Oh, doing great. Just looking forward to another week. And this week, obviously, folks, we're, we're going to continue our discussion on what's happening in Israel. That is obviously the huge story. There's another big story going on in the United States here, obviously. Who's going to be Speaker of the House? Is it going to be Jim Jordan or not? We just don't know that. We may get to a little bit of that later on toward the end of this podcast. We'll see. But for the bulk of this, we're going to be talking about where we stand with Israel at this point. What happens now? We're recording this on Wednesday morning. And so as of Wednesday morning, President Biden is in Israel. And there's a lot of talk about this hospital. Oh, that's relief. That's relief. Yeah, I know, isn't it, though? I hope he just stays on his feet <laughs> and manages to get off camera as quickly oh, as man. possible. I know. Tell me about it. But we're going to talk about that, the the hospital, the Christian hospital, Baptist hospital that was hit as well, and where we go from here, what does the United States do? So there's a lot of this, John, to unpack. And and as we do unpack all of this, we do always want to remind our listeners that our podcast is sponsored, and we want our listeners to financially support our sponsors. And by the way, you're loving your neighbor as yourself when you support ADF. You are. Uh, just this past, about two weeks ago, roughly, Colorado Supreme Court. So in our state, most everybody knows Jack Phillips, Masterpiece uh, Cake mm-hmm. Shop, Masterpiece Bakery, as we kind of call it here in Colorado. He has been a target after target after target. The left just, guys, will we all know, they just won't leave him alone. They create right. things to come after him for. And to Jack's credit, he keeps standing his ground. To ADF's credit, they keep supporting him. They keep helping him. They are defending him on an ongoing basis. Of course, they, you know, he appealed this last Court of Appeals decision. The Carter Supreme Court has agreed to take that on. And ultimately, guys, what this means is it's because of the work that ADF's doing that Jack can even do what he's doing and stand his ground and have a business today to support his family with. Because here's the reality, guys. Without ADF, there's no way someone like Jack or the rest of us could even defend ourselves. And frankly, Jack would be out of business doing something completely different. So it's imperative that we help the folks at Alliance Defending Freedom defend folks like Jack, who is our neighbor, as you said a moment ago, Bob, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and I know Jack personally; he's a great guy. In fact, you won't meet you won't you will not meet a nicer guy that's really just trying to stand on his own faith. He is not antagonistic in the least. In fact, I don't think he's got an antagonistic bone in his body. He's just standing on what he believes in. We need to help him. All of you listening, especially those of you that are in Colorado, please help Jack out. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, hit the ADF button, and donate today. Absolutely, and we appreciate you folks doing that. We very much do. So uh, let's talk about and kind of unpack some of the latest of what's happening in in Gaza, of course, and Israel. As I mentioned, President Biden is in Israel, and so meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu, the people there. We've had some of the 
Palestinian and Muslim nations that have said we're canceling our planned meeting with Joe Biden because of this hospital attack that Hamas blamed on Israel. And I guess I want to start with this hospital attack. Okay, first, let me just say Hamas has a history of misfired rockets. We know that, that this happens on a regular basis where they'll fire rockets and they won't hit their intended targets. This has happened for years. We know about that. So now suddenly this this hospital explodes. Well, what happened, one of the things that Israel has now released, the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, has released, is that Hamas themselves in their own media outlet released a statement saying, we are now launching a flurry of missiles at Haifa. That's what they said. We're launching them at Haifa. One minute later is when a missile hit that hospital. One minute later, and no missiles hit Haifa. Uh, and then Israel says they have some other evidence to prove that this was actually a misfired rocket from Hamas. But here's the thing. Hamas, they immediately say, this is Israel who did this, who fired this. And then I look at the press and the media. They go ahead and go along with it. You've got the squad members, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, who are tweeting, can you believe Israel did this? You know, they're shocked and outraged that women and children died in a hospital. This is the same Rashida Tlaib who refused to condemn Hamas beheading babies when she was asked specifically, will you at least condemn the beheading of babies by Hamas? And she refused to do it. And she's going to act all shocked by this hospital. But it just, it amazes me how quickly, and, and Roger, maybe we can toss this over to you real quick. It amazes me, Roger, how quickly the media and some Democrats will accept at face value whatever Hamas says about Israel doing this. And, and I guess I'm just thinking to myself, if we use a little bit of common sense, what makes the most sense to believe that Hamas, who already beheads babies and burns children alive and tortures them. And Hamas, who uses hospitals and, and mosques and uh, residential neighborhoods and, and, and schools, uses them as human shields by launching their missiles from them. Is it more logical to believe that this is Hamas, who either A, did this on purpose to make Israel look bad, or B, had a misfired rocket, or that it's Israel who's already given several days of advance notice to Palestinian civilians in Gaza, hurry up and get out because we're getting ready to come in with shock and awe. Uh, it just, to me, it is illogical that the left and many in the media would automatically assume and take at face value that Hamas must be the one telling the truth here. Well, Bob, you used a word there I think that is important for us to, to camp out on, and you said logical or illogical. Yeah. There's no logic on the left other than our goal is let's make Israel the bad guy. And so... Everything. I mean, it's just a full-scale assault. Social media is just littered with all sorts of statements. You know, from take your pick. I mean, from Talib to Sean King to I mean, take your pick. It's everywhere out there. Well, this is why Israel's bad because they created Hamas, or this is a, it's all their problem. This, that, and the other thing. We read credible sources first and foremost. I mean, we read the other ones too because we got to find out what the other side is actually saying here. But uh, statistically, I mean, just if you take all the emotion out of it. And the point you made about the, the misfiring and the rockets and the things like that that are that have happened historically, it makes perfect sense that either A, this was misfired rockets, or B, this was a direct hit from Hamas. I mean, the, there's no reason why Israel, which has a lengthy history of operating faith-based medical institutions that treat everyone. I mean, how many times have there been Palestinians, Syrians, whatever, who will attack Israel, get hurt in the damage in the battle, and then what happens? They go to an Israeli hospital for treatment. 
right. the Israeli doctors treat them. I mean, this, it's, right. it's, it's completely illogical, these, these emotional statements that are being made. And yet, boy, you can really get to, to some leftist millennials and Generation Z types when all you have to do is say, babies were killed and the Israelis are responsible. Oh, my gosh, what are we doing? You know, so it's it's it, it's such a it's such a double-edged sword. I will bring this point up, and at the risk of making it sound like I'm Donald Trump saying, "Boy, those guys are pretty smart." The left is very clever in mm-hmm. terms of how they mobilize. Look at you and, praising the left. Look yeah, there I go. Pra- right, just like Trump praised Trump. Hezbollah. Yeah, exactly. You're praising exactly. the left. There is no praise for these people other than recognition, which we objectively can do to say, you know what, they're wrong, but they are unified and they're wrong. They're right. unified in their evil and their hatred toward Israel. And that message keeps coming through clear and clear to win the war of public opinion. I mean, ultimately, God mm-hmm. is the final judge. But I mean, it's just it, it's really the, the, the odds that Israel did this are so slim right now. And yet try to convince the court of public opinion of that. Oh, I know. And by the way, can I just say about the headlines, Trump praises Hezbollah by calling them very smart. You know, I have said on my show countless times over the years that in spiritual warfare, Satan is not stupid. Satan is very shrewd. Satan is very smart. You got to be careful. The, the wise, you know, use terms like evil genius for some people as well. And But uh, to, to think that because you say that Satan is very smart. He's not dumb. All right. Oh, that means I'm praising Satan. Donald Trump was not praising Hezbollah. He was saying that they're being very shrewd and that these terrorists are not stupid people. Uh, and but uh, anyway, but I digress. John, uh, real quick, just some of your thoughts on on Hamas, at least right now with this hospital and mm-hmm. how many people are just drinking the Hamas Kool-Aid. And, and there's video footage of this that people can go watch for themselves. And what's interesting to me is people will say, well, you can see that it was shot out of the air. No, actually, you can't. I mean, you see this mm-hmm. missile going up in the air. You see it have some sort of a, what I would call as kind of an auto guy, a misfire maybe. And then all of a sudden it explodes and then, and then it falls to the ground. Of course, there's shrapnel and things coming down at the same time. And I think unless somebody knows specifically that it in fact was shot out of the air and there's there's you know little vivid proof of literal vivid proof of that I don't know how you can say that. Again, I've watched all the videos that are all over X now, you know, formerly Twitter, mm-hmm. and, and I can't see that there's any kind of a missile that's come in from the Israeli side that shoots this thing down. And by the way, even if it had how is that Israel's fault? They're shooting at Israel. Israel shoots right. that rocket out of the sky. How's that now Israel's fault even if that did happen? Right. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, there's a lot more to talk about this as we continue through this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. As we we continue talking about this, we want to remind you to please support our sponsors. Uh, John was talking about ADF earlier. I want to remind you about Preborn. Preborn is a pro-life organization that nationwide, they show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant mothers. And they do this in pro-life centers across the country. And when a mom sees a picture of her baby, you know, that's the first time she's ever seen what her baby looks like. She chooses life almost all the time. She doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. She lets that baby live. And so what we need to do is we need to pay for the ultrasound images so that these moms can see pictures of their babies. This is how you stop abortions, everybody. This is how you save lives. By the way, the moms usually end up accepting the Lord too. So $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life, through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number God lays on your heart, would you give that now in a one-time gift to preborn? You can give two ways. You can go online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, 
Give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. And 100% of what you give, every penny, goes to fund ultrasounds. Or you can call them on the phone, 833-850-BABY, and they answer 24-7. So call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. As we continue talking about all the latest with Israel and uh, Hamas and their attack on on Israel, the terrorist attack, and then, of course, Israel going back at Gaza. And by the way, we do, John, why do you think it is that Israel hasn't gone back into Gaza, hasn't launched a full-scale ground war into, into Gaza? I was speculating on my own show about this yesterday that, you know, they gave Palestinian civilians mm-hmm. 24-hour notice, but they gave that to them last right. Thursday. Right. And, you know, but the thing is, we don't know if Hezbollah is going to increase their attacks from the north. So Israel doesn't know that. Do they want to be fighting a war on both fronts? Is it possible that Hezbollah is just sitting back waiting for Israel to commit its forces in Gaza? So now Israel's weakened on their northern flank and comes in there. And is it also possible that Israel's realizing we're liable to lose the PR war with a dishonest media when everybody starts seeing images of dead Palestinian children? So I don't know. What do you think's happening with this delay? That's a great question. In fact, I talked to your point, talked a little bit about that yesterday and confused as well. And frankly, I we talked about this in the last podcast. I wouldn't have done it that way. Granted, I'm not in charge of Israel. Probably a good thing because I would have Gaza wouldn't exist today had I been in charge. That thing would yeah. have been flattened off the face of the map and you wouldn't see it at all. And maybe that wouldn't be great PR wise, but I wouldn't be dealing with that as an Israeli leader any longer. And what's ironic is I was reading an article this morning from Granted, the New Yorker, so not the most reputable mm, of places, by the way. But they interviewed the head of the, you know, of, of Hamas and what's going on over there, and, and the excuses as to why they did all this. And what I find ironic in here, guys, that maybe you guys don't even know, the leader right now, the current leader, was actually he got he got a PhD here in the United States of America. He used to go mm. back and forth from there to America, from there to America, back and forth. At one point in time, we detained him here for an entire year trying to extradite him into Israel. That failed, and here's what we have now. I mean, are we as dumb as Israel? Mm. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would, guys, I would come argue on. in some cases we're dumber. I mean, if you look at security, which I have to say, I'm really surprised that, that Israel even got caught a little bit, kind of with his pants down, if you will. Well, that, by the way, that's in this article as well. They they talk about how even even Hamas was surprised at how right. unprepared Israel was. That they, in other words, they. They were so confused. The Israeli army was so confused when they attacked that even Hamas was confused by that. I know, and and Israel is known for pretty good intelligence Correct. and also really good security. I mean, they're well, you know, allowed, my, you know airline, my answer airlines? is what this is what happens when liberals are in charge, which is what's been the case in Israel for a while yeah. now. Actually, you know what? That is true. That is very true. Uh, but Israel has a history, like El Al Airlines. If you look at the the, the policies right. that they have, right. it's I've flown there. Very I know what it's yeah, like. Yes. I know, and they, you know what? And they're politically incorrect, and who cares? You right. know, as far as their their human intelligence and quizzing and making you ask questions and uh, human lie detectors that, that talk to people and whatever. That's the way that it ought to be. But I don't know, Roger. Do you got any theories on why Israel is holding back on Gaza? And might they just decide we're not going to go ahead and launch our decimation campaign of, of Gaza? 
Well, it's anyone's guess. I mean, you guys have made some really good stabs at it too. I mean, because the, the, it seems like there's they have some kind of intel that says this is not prudent to do. I mean, Netanyahu had to declare war. You know, this thing came out. He had to say we're going to you know blow you off the face of the earth. And then, you know, if they have some kind of issue or they've got some intel that they're not uh, spilling, you know, we've become so accustomed here in the United States to, you know, tipping our hand everywhere we go. Hey, guess what? We're going to have a troop withdrawal in 10 months. You know, oh, right. gee, thanks right. for this. Good point, Roger. Surprise. I mean, just putting the intel all out there that it's possible there might be something actually happening behind the scenes. I trust that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and with the three different parties in the Knesset that they all have to try to appease, it's become kind of a clown car you know at some point and to the bob your point about the liberalism um it's anyone's guess but uh you know they they know what they're doing and i i i trust netanyahu i guess that's about as right. far as it goes I don't yeah, you know, you know, or, or, you know or i'm gonna push back on that or do they roger i mean no offense they've been dinking around with this stuff for a long 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 time i mean guys we can get biblical here and go all the way back four thousand years they've been dinking around with this stuff when are they going to learn their lesson well, okay, let me push back on your pushback a little bit. Here's part of the challenge that Israel has to deal with, John. You know this. They're surrounded by several dozen hostile it. Arab and Muslim nations that hate them. This I've said it countless times. A little strip of land no bigger than New Jersey. Look at a map of the Middle East and it. look at the anti-Israel. And there's Israel in the middle. And by the way, you got Joe Biden in the White House in Washington. No, I was who, just going to add to I'm that. Not gonna I'm not going to tr- – yeah. if I'm uh, Bibi Netanyahu, I'm not going to trust that Joe Biden has my back. Yeah, his words are the right well, thing right now, but I'm not going to trust that. his his handlers are really having no, my you back. No, and you're right, and you're right, Bob. And I and I thought of some of this too. So uh, to, to answer your question back, you know, Roger, to what you said, and, and and Bob, your question as to why have they not gone in? Maybe I mean, on the same token, have some conversations gone on between them and us to the point where, listen, guys, we've given so much to Ukraine right now. We're doing good to defend ourselves right now. We're lacking in that area to really help you guys defend off, to your point, Bob, other nations that are over there besides just what's going on in Gaza. Is that part of what's going on as well? And did Hamas do some of this at a time where they knew we were the weakest as well? I think that that's a very plausible uh, theory as well. I can totally see Joe Biden's hand. This is not about Joe Biden. Joe no, no. Biden is basically a cardboard cutout that, that is trying to get through a script, okay? But the handlers, the Democrat handlers right now, I can totally see them saying to Israel behind closed doors, saying, here's what we'll do. We're going to say all the right stuff in front of the cameras. So we'll, we'll, give, you the, we'll give you the verbal that you need. But behind the scenes, we're only going to feed you so much in military support. And if you go into Gaza, then forget it. Our support's going to dry up. We've got the Ukraine issue to deal with. Add to that, Israel saying Hezbollah is just right now. They're they're already. Uh, you, you can hear, you can see the T-Rex ripples in the water from Hezbollah to the north out of Lebanon right now, and it could very well be if I can borrow from Donald Trump. Hezbollah terrorists are not stupid people. They're smart. They're shrewd. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Why would? Why don't we just wait, do a Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope, let Israel go into Gaza, weaken themselves, and then we can attack them. And then we look like that. we're that much more powerful than Hamas because we're able to devastate, devastate Israel as much as we can. And then you got behind the scenes, once again, the United States saying to Netanyahu, we're not going to have your back substantively. We'll have it verbally on the world stage, but we're gonna, not going to have it substantive. So, so if you take on a war on both fronts, 
we're not going to dive into this, and we're certainly well, not going to get into war with Iran. And there's some very you know public articles about where we're at militarily speaking when it comes to even things like Stinger and Javelin missiles and so on mm-hmm. and 155-millimeter shells and the shortages that we now have because what's been going on in Ukraine and the simple fact that it takes years to get those things stockpiled back up. So, guys, it could also just be a simple matter of, of math. We just don't have it to give. Yeah, and, and that is a very real thing also. We do have a lot more to unpack in this whole discussion about Israel and where do we go from here and actually what should the U.S. strategy be going forward. We're going to talk about that, Roger, but as we do, we do want to remind our listeners and our viewers that we are sponsored and we really do want, we want them to sponsor ADF. We want them to sponsor Preborn. And I'll tell you what, we want them to get their financial houses in order with uh, Wilson Financial. Yeah, we had a, a, a client gathering uh, just last night, as a matter of fact, a nice dinner where Dennis was showing us video of his most recent trip to Africa, a 30th trip that he's made, and uh, the, one of the 480 churches that their organization has built over the past decade. And talking with the people there who had, I mean, concern about what's happening in the Middle East, but also a piece about what's happening with their own financial situation, because there is s- security in the market right now, if you know where to look for it. And that's the thing about Dennis Wilson. Wilson Financial marked their 56th year of operation last month and it's just amazing how they're not losing money for their clients their clients are holding money or gaining money they've got security in their retirement they're getting added benefits for things like if you've had money in a certificate of deposit and you go with one of Dennis's CD alternatives you get long-term health care you get uh, residual above and beyond the term life insurance that you probably have right now it's well worth the investment of t- your time to go to crawfordmediagroup.net click on the Wilson Financial Advisor banner and uh, and get a consultation going because as, as things are so volatile right now, guys. I mean, in, in the in the military sense of the of the term of what's happening in the Middle East, and let's not forget what that does to the markets too. And if you've got a lot of money tied up in the stock market, you, who needs that roller coaster ride of watching the up and down? You want that steady security, especially as you're in your retirement years. It's all about stewardship with Wilson Financial. It sure is, and so support them absolutely, folks. Roger, what do you think the U.S. ought to do regarding? Iran. I mean, how involved do we get in this? Uh, obviously, I think we can all agree that Joe Biden undoing the tough policies on Iran has been a huge disaster. This isn't just about that $6 billion. No. Uh, it's a lot more than that, because when right. you look at uh, Joe Biden, not only easing sanctions in many areas on Iran, but especially the energy policy. People don't realize how the energy policies that Joe Biden has enacted undoing our energy independence that Donald Trump got us toward. When Trump got us to the number one oil exporter in the world, when he got us uh, that much closer to energy independence, this is the kind of thing that was financially crippling Iran. Uh, But Joe Biden getting in there and saying, hey, let's make ourselves energy dependent again on foreign oil. What that does is it increases the production capability of Iran and allows them to make so much more money. And I've seen the estimates anywhere from 50 to 80 billion dollars in extra oil profits that Iran's been able to make since Joe Biden's been in office. So 50 to 80 billion dollars add on top of that the $6 billion in accounts receivables that, you know, we'll see if he gets. I don't know. But, you know, who cares? They are a lot richer. So to me, John, it seems that energy policy is a huge part yep. of this. We're making Iran yep. richer. Why would we do that? Well, we started off by making Russia rich in the first point. 
or in the mm-hmm. first place that got us into the U- or got yeah we, you know, we're in it. Let's face it, guys, we're in the Ukraine war as much as any other country is. Probably more than any other country is. Probably yeah. as much as Ukraine actually is. To be honest with you, hmm. we're just funding it. It's a proxy war for us, so we're funding it. So yeah, we started that one by our stupid energy policies, Bob. We didn't help anything out when it came to Iran and what's going on right now with Hamas. And, and on top of that, keep in mind we're sucking money out of every single U.S. citizen's pocket at the same time. That we are, Roger. What do you um, What do you think about this? Well, I think it's a, uh, it's safe to say we can now officially say that the uh, appeasement tour of the uh, Barack Obama administration is <laughs> a complete and total mm. false. I mean, good one, right, Roger. You, when you get right down to it, I mean, guys, look. I mean, we, we we can all agree. We can all see this too. What got Iran to the table to negotiate in the first place was sanctions. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they recognize strength. They don't recognize negotiation. I mean, basically, right. you're, you're, it's hostage negotiation for them. Everything is. It's not diplomacy. And it's not diplomacy the way we understand it. So here we are now full circle. And there's Joe Biden taking orders from China and Russia, who are meeting today, by the way, the same time he's meeting with Netanyahu, trying to go out there and saying, yeah, uh, well, uh, Iran, uh, well, uh, Israel, uh, well, I, I think the other team fired this one. And how, how am I doing, guys? I mean, it's just it. When you get played like that, I mean, this is one thing again. This is not the Donald Trump campaign. Here I am defending his you know, Hezbollah comments or some Oz comments mm-hmm. too. But saying, look, I mean, when we had four years of solid uh, U.S. strength when it comes to uh, European and foreign and Middle Eastern negotiations, and uh, right now with Joe Biden, it's just you know he's he's going in to check in with the home front. He uh, obviously everybody jumped out of their meetings with him today, which you knew was going to happen the minute he you know had the audacity to you know defy them and go in the other direction but at the end of the day i mean he's just a, he's he's just become their mouthpiece and uh it it's it's frustrating to see and yet i i i, I shudder to think who's waiting in the wings you know warming up for 2024 because uh that person is going to inherit a very war centric uh foreign policy world that they're going to have to navigate right and by the way if i can also say when uh, i meant to bring this up before regarding israel and not going into Gaza yet and trying to figure out what do we do and being careful. You also have this the Abraham Accords that they don't want to crumble and collapse because you have these nations of Bahrain and Sudan and Morocco and United Arab Emirates, Bahrain and United Arab Emirates. And Israel doesn't want to blow those deals. And they were in the works for a fifth one with Saudi Arabia, which of course is now on hold. And so the last thing that uh, Israel wants to have are, are the Abraham Accords get fractured in any way if the PR campaign starts working against him. So it's a difficult situation, but you guys are absolutely right. I mean, Joe Biden and his policies, and especially his soft on, on foreign policy and weakness around the world and empowering Iran, that's why elections matter. And it makes the world just a more dangerous place when you have liberal Democrats in charge. And we're seeing this with our very own eyes. In the second half of this podcast, folks, we're going to talk about a lot of other things involving this, like, for example, the anti-gun laws that exist in Israel. And also, should the U.S. be accepting Palestinian refugees? We'll talk about that. And also maybe a little bit of the House Speaker race happening as well. I also want to ask everybody, if you haven't supported Preborn yet financially, would you do that now? Remember, $28 is all it takes to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion through Preborn. What you're doing is you're paying for ultrasound images, folks. Moms see a picture of an ultrasound image of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. And they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So it falls on us to pay for the ultrasound images for Preborn to show them across the country. 
$28 saves one baby's life. How many babies' lives will you be willing to save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number God lays on your heart, that's your one-time gift. Maybe it's a tax write-off for you. And on top of that, you know 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So you can do it right now online, crawfordmediagroup.net. crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn, give right there. And if you want to give over the phone, it's 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7. So call right now. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. The second half uh, is coming up. Don't forget, you can watch video of us at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And uh, we're going to dive into the second half next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Uh, Neo prodigal son Boron be back with us next week. I uh, look forward to having him back with us. We're talking about all things Israel right now, the Hamas war. And as we continue discussing this, guys, in the first half, we talked about uh, what the U.S. should do and the issue of Iran and Joe Biden's policies and the, the PR war and how soon should Israel have gone into Gaza and is it is it wise for them to be delaying this long? So there's a lot of uh, armchair quarterbacking we've been doing. I am curious to get you guys' thoughts on the gun laws in Israel. There's one thing about Israel that I've never agreed with and that they have gun laws basically like Chicago. They have gun laws like California there. It's extremely difficult to own Mm -hmm. a gun in Israel. You have to not just apply for it, you have to prove that you are actually in a vulnerable, dangerous position with your job or where you live or what I'm thinking are you kidding me Hamas and Hezbollah and everybody constantly wanting to destroy Israel Iran wanting to destroy but bottom line the overwhelming majority 98% of Israelis are not armed so when these Hamas vermin were going door to door stabbing and beheading babies and shooting people executing them uh, these Israelis had no guns to be able to fire back at them so you have had some petition drives launched in Israel saying, hey, we got to start allowing Israelis to own guns. The defense, I think it's a defense minister, or some high-ranking official who's in charge of this in Israel said, okay, we are going to officially loosen the gun rules right now. But I don't know if that's codified into law. To me, I think as we, Roger, your thoughts on this, to me, there's a common sense issue. If you're living in Israel, how can you not be allowed to be armed when you know there's a chance of Hamas or Hezbollah terrorists coming to your home to kill your children? Gosh, for a moment, I thought Israel was trying to become California. I, I mean, know. What, it's like, what's what happening is, here? It's incredible. I mean, just to, to, to think that they, but that that's that liberal faction, you know, that's there, that, that progressive yeah. faction that says guns are bad. If we get rid of the guns, we'll get rid of the bad. And I just, how anybody can connect those two dots like that and expect it to work is just it, it boggles the mind uh, in an area like that, especially when you, you know, and, and you get the two extremes right we've seen a lot of idf uh, soldiers you know heading back from the us you know going back to to fight we see the uh, the glorification of the young men and women who are carrying weapons on the subway and on the mass transit things of that nature and we cheer and we applaud and then at the same time it's like yeah but the citizenry can't carry anything mm-hmm. so so if you're in idf you can't carry a weapon when you're off duty but you can when you're on and even and even right right now they change the law a little bit guys but it's still a weak process right now yeah i know yeah i mean so so they loosened it but did they 
I know. Well, they, they loosened it, but not nearly enough. I mean, come on. I know. It, it's, it's Your really... country's under attack, and you're still not allowing your citizens to arm themselves. That's how I see this. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's crazy. I think it's insane. So hopefully they learn from this. And they don't go all, you know, they, they stop being all liberal when it comes to the gun laws issue. So I think you guys are absolutely right. I mean, they should be able to look at our country on that, Bob, and see that really, and we say this a lot, but it's the Second Amendment here in the United States of America that keeps all of the other amendments in check. We lose it, you're losing everything. I mean, you lose the first mm-hmm. and everything else to go along with it when you lose the second. Well, the bumper sticker, annoy a liberal, use facts and logic. I don't understand why. People don't look at the highest gun restriction communities in America yep. and, and superimpose that over the highest crime and amount of gun shootings right. that happen in America, and they don't see a connection. They, they don't put that two and two together. And for the life of me, I don't figure that. Then you look at red state communities and Republican-run communities that have very, if I can use the term, liberal gun laws where people are allowed to own guns. You know, something, you, ju- you don't see uh, the, the amount of carjackings and the amount of uh, right. gangland shootings and the amount of uh, rapes and the amount of armed robberies. and so You just you don't see it that much. And, right. and what does it take for people to see this? I just don't know. To not be mentally ill so they can actually see opposing facts and views? <laughs> mentally ill. That's, uh, that's John Rush at Rush to Reason. Yeah, <laughs> I say it all the time, guys. You, when you cannot reason... And you cannot see the facts and figures that are as plain as day in front of you. You got to screw loose. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Palestinian refugees. Nikki Haley doing some backtracking now. Nikki Haley was like, "Well, you know, we should consider Palestinian refugees as long as we, you know, vet properly you know, and everything else." And uh, Ron DeSantis. Very smart. It's like, no, I think every candidate needs to vow that we will not accept Palestinian refugees. Now she's backtracking. <laughs> Never mind. Forget what I said. Okay, smart. Uh, I know, we all know how the liberal left plays stuff like this. They, they'll they tug at your heartstrings and all the, those poor families and, and women and their children, they're just looking for safety and whatever. And Okay, even Jordan, which is pretty moderate as far as Muslim nations go, even they're saying we ain't taking any refugees because we got to be smart about this. We have to realize that Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists will infiltrate these yeah. refugees and there's no say, way that we're going to be able to vet Jordan- them. Yeah, Jordan knows who these people are. They're smarter than we are. Right. Well, they are. They are. So, but you know, Roger, you know what the PR campaign will look like for this? Those cold-hearted Republicans not caring mm-hmm. about uh, poor women and children that their homes have been turned to rubble. Yeah. Uh, what? Remember the Iranians who were coming over here? Let's get them. You know, they they don't. Uh, the Syrians who don't want to be in Syria, they want to be in Sacramento and San Antonio, right? That was, I think, the Obama policy. Let's fly everybody in that we possibly can. Any excuse. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, if Jordan has figured this out, the U.S. has to figure it out. And and the idea, I, I appreciate what Nikki Haley said initially because we know that there are Christians and there are Muslims and there, there are, are Jews in that area. That that, mm-hmm. that no one's denying that. But the way immigration and the refugee crises get uh, spun politically is the left will always take that. Remember, everyone coming up from Nicaragua and Central America, everyone is coming in here for asylum. All those Syrian refugees who find their way into Central and South America and come up through Mexico and Arizona. I mean, wait, wait, what? How are they getting from Syria to wherever? Well, they're seeking asylum, of course, because... Well, no, they're not. I mean, but that's what all they have to do is say that and then throw in for the Biden administration, throw in a side order of and we're transgender. 
You know, and we're seeking, okay, we'll get killed if we stay in our home. Okay, fine, I get it. The policies are so wonky and so all over the place. You have to just say, look, border wall right now. No one's coming in because there's, there's right. how do you vet? I mean, there's there's no way. I mean, there's, and, and we're not equipped. I mean, I'm, I don't want to disparage the people who are working the border. God bless them for doing what they're doing. But I mean, they're so overwhelmed with this influx of, that's just been a steady stream ever since Joe Biden was inaugurated. Um, it, there's no way you can police it right now. Yeah, I know. And and by the way, I, what you're saying regarding Palestinian people, okay, you're right. There are Christian Palestinians uh, in Gaza. We get that. There are also moderate Muslim Palestinians who don't like Hamas. And so I, I get that. And our hearts go out to them. We People need to be praying for them, certainly. But I have to say, this notion that the Palestinian people themselves, as a general rule, they get the default support among the liberal left makes no sense. Here's what we got to remember. The reason the Hamas is in power is in 2006, they were elected into power by the Palestinian people in Gaza. They voted for Hamas and Hamas was a terrorist organization then. They were designated as a terrorist organization by the U.S. and the Palestinian people, not all of them, but the Hamas won the election. And then when they won the election, when they won power, then they basically seized control and squeezed out any kind of Fatah or anybody else who, who could even remotely challenge them politically. So the, the the spark of the initial power that they got was from the Palestinian people themselves. And for 17 years, for 17 years, pro-Palestinian people have not rallied uh, against Hamas and called for the new elections for them to be removed. And you could say that, well, over in Gaza, they're afraid to do that. They don't want to get beheaded. Okay, fine. But here in the United States, there are a lot. There are millions of Palestinian sympathetic people here in this country and a whole bunch of Palestinian people mm -hmm. living here. I haven't seen rally one over the last 17 years of condemnation of Hamas and saying that they must be removed from power or we must have a new elections there. We must. None of that stuff has gone on. It's all been, look how lousy and horrible and evil Israel is. So until I see Mm -hmm. Palestinian people and Palestinian supporters and sympathizers in this country, until I see them being willing to speak more harshly about Hamas than they do Donald Trump, more harshly about Hamas than they do Israel, I don't give them credibility. I'm sorry, I just do not. I don't buy into any of these rallies, not when you've spent 17 years being silent about Hamas, uh, but you're so offended and shocked by everything that Trump, MAGA, and Israel stands for. I, I think they weaken their own brand when they try to gain credibility now. That's how I look at it. We'll throw it around the table. We'll talk about this a little bit more as we continue through the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, as you listen to us, don't forget, we want you folks to be supporting our sponsors to this program. And one of them, of course, is Preborn. Preborn that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms all around the country, folks. They do this in pro-life centers. But as you know, uh, nothing comes free, okay? It takes money to pay for these ultrasound images. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. How many abortions will you be willing to set to stop? That's what we're asking you to do right now. Take $28 times fill in the blank, pray about a number. That is your forever legacy of the number of babies' lives that you save. $28 times 10, times 50, times 100, whatever you can afford. 
It's a one-time gift, and 100% of what you give to Preborn goes to ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. But listen, we need some heavy hitters in the audience, too, to buy ultrasound machines. If you run a business or maybe God's blessed you financially, $15,000 buys one ultrasound machine, and your forever legacy will be stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. Is that worth it to you? So either way, here's how you give. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Or just call 24-7-833-850-BABY. They answer 24-7, so call now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate that. So as we continue talking about everything happened with uh, Israel and Hamas and, of course, the Palestinians, Palestinian refugee issue and such. I'm kind of curious to get you guys' take on this. That look, I feel bad for the Christian Palestinians, John. I feel bad for the moderate Muslim Palestinians in Gaza. But I give no credibility to the pro-Palestinian voices here in the United States when we watch them stay yep. silent for 17 years yep. of Hamas rule, and we watch what gets them offended. You know, if, if they'll condemn Hamas, but they do it as an "oh, by the way" response to a question from a reporter. Oh, yes, I, I condemn Hamas. That doesn't mean I support Hamas. But but now I'm really going to get passionate. Look how evil Israel is, and look what he, so it's it's attack Israel attack, verbally. Attack Israel, attack Israel, attack Israel. Oh yeah, I disagree with Hamas too. But attack, here's what's wrong with Israel. Here's what's wrong with Trump. And this tells me that there's there's a serious ugliness in the heart of a lot of these pro-Palestinian people that they're more offended by Donald Trump, MAGA voters, and Israel having settlements in Golan and West Bank than they are Hamas beheading babies. I find that very illuminating. And it really comes down to the fact that, and it's been this way for a very long time, it still exists. In fact, guys, I think even though we may not see it as openly as we once did, the hatred for the Jews and the Jewish Jewish nation is still at an all-time high uh, it's not coming down. A lot of what you're talking about, Bob, in my belief, stems exactly from that. You know, the phrase Hitler was right is is put out into social media numerous mm. times daily. Uh, this yeah. is a problem that we've got, and nobody's addressing it. And the folks that are that way, Bob, in my opinion, are, are no different than somebody that would comment Hitler was right. And by the way, Rashida Tlaib, who, as I told you about earlier, she refused a specific request, will you condemn Hamas beheading babies? And she refused yep. to even do that. Okay, Rashida Tlaib, you think about, you mentioned Hitler. Louis Farrakhan is the one who said Hitler was a very great man. Uh, Louis Farrakhan is the one who said that, that the Holocaust was Israel's fault. They brought it on themselves, who caused Jews termites, his words, and every other kind of nasty word imaginable, Rashida Tlaib wrote for Louis Farrakhan's blog. And you know something? She continues to get elected and reelected by Democrat Unreal. voters. Where I'm broadcasting from right Unreal. now, the Unreal. microphone I'm speaking into is in Rashida Tlaib's 12th U.S. Congressional District wow. here in, in Michigan, okay? And it's not just Dearborn and Dearborn Heights. There are that's a small percentage of the huge 12th U.S. congressional district, and all these Democrats just keep on voting her into power. So it's like, what does it take for I a Democrat that to get offended? I asked question the other day on air, and I don't, I don't understand that one, Bob. You, you, you're there. You know more than I, but that one I just can't wrap my head around. I, I can't either. But and Roger, you see this in California large. What, what uh, Democrat voters are willing to vote for out there in in California? I just, what does it take? To uh, what does it take to offend a Democrat voter more than 
Donald Trump, more than MAGA voters, more than Israel, will beheading babies offend them more? Will Hamas executing homosexuals offend them more? It's like, what does it take? I, I, I wonder, especially when you consider the number of people who are Jewish and Catholic who vote Democrat repeatedly. I know. And then here, well, and the Catholics are leading the charge on pro-life causes and voting for Democrats. I've never been able to understand that. Talk about one foot on the boat and one foot on the dock. I mean, mm. at some point, I, maybe this is the maybe this is the straw that's breaking that camel's back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would I would like to think it is. I mean, I really, honestly, would like to think it is. You see the inconsistencies, and I think one of the things that we like to be able to say here, this is that time of the pro- podcast where we talk about how we try to be as objective as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we can actually have that cognitive dissonance that says, look, okay, we can see that this is right, this is wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't get the sense that the on the left anymore that they, they don't have that ability and so that's that's why there there is no liberal wing of american politics anymore it's all leftism Mm -hmm. and so uh that 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 being the case of course madam talib is going to keep cranking that stuff out and finding just enough of a majority to keep getting elected right there in your own backyard bob i didn't realize it was that close my 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 thoughts and prayers yikes dearborn michigan is dearborn michigan is three miles to the south of where i'm sitting right now Wow. wow Wow. Okay. Including the I'm largest sorry. mosque in I the feel, United I feel, States. I, now I feel more sorry for you than ever, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's the People's Republic of Michigan. There you we go. got Gretchen Whitmer on top of it. Well, you know, uh, we're going to, I, I, I still believe with 2024, Roger, that it's going to be that, that your Gavin Newsom and my Gretchen Whitmer are going to be basically like chocolate and peanut butter coming together. It's mm-hmm. going to be the Reese's 2024 campaign. Mm-hmm. So we'll, you know, we'll certainly see. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Actually, I, I do kind of wonder <clears throat> with the liberal left and their hatred for Israel and conservatives, blah, 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 I wonder how much of that is. Uh, certainly a hatred for everything that freedom, uh, everything America stands for as far as liberties, freedom, stuff like that. Uh, Israel is the closest thing to a quasi-democracy similar to the United States in the in the Middle East. But I, I'll tell you something, and Roger, as a pastor, I know certainly you get this. I really, really believe this is a spiritual, demonic kind of blindness. I believe that Satan and his demons are spiritually infiltrating the thoughts and the minds of so many unbelieving people around the world, and that includes a lot of the liberal left. I see the liberal left as as kind of a fertile ground for Satan to be sowing his seeds of hatred against anything that's godly, whether it's Israel, uh, and certainly whether it's the freedoms and liberties of, of the United States of America, what we used to stand for, and then add to that anything that conservative Republicans are pushing for in protecting the unborn and and certainly religious freedom and standing up for those rights and freedoms. All of that is an offense to a darkened world, any kind of godly policy. So I just, I see today's liberal Democratic Party and the liberal mindset as the fertile ground that Satan is planting all kinds of seeds in and working through. And I know that's... Absolutely. Yeah, it's right absolutely. up there with with uh, with with John's incendiary comments. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I mean, it, it, we're seeing they go hand in hand. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. You know, and, and you, we can look to scripture. We can look at Old Testament right now. I know Zechariah 12 is getting quoted a lot because mm. we see, I mean, literally the players. I mean, Jerusalem and Judah, you know, and Judah, if you go back to the Roman Empire, you know, that that's the area where the Roman Empire said, no, that's now Palestine or whatever. And so that's right. all the stuff that's happening here. And, and when you see how Zechariah said, I mean, the Lord is going to confound the enemies of Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem is ground zero. Jack Hibbs on Real Radio the other day was talking about everybody's watching Gaza right now, but no one's paying attention to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is where mm. it's going to happen. And so it is really easy. I mean, when people are weak in conviction, when they don't have the firm seat of faith, this is the place where we're finding our, our faith is being tested each and every day. I mean, I, I told people after November 8th, 2016, and they're like, what, what's happening here? I mean, uh, uh, the church elected you know Donald Trump, and it's kind of like the Lutherans electing Hitler, you know, and that type of thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, he's going to be a Cyrus and turn out to be kind of a, a, a Jehu type of thing too. But that the question isn't so much what about that one person, but what does it do to your faith? I mean, we find out what you're really made of when you're under pressure, you know. And, and yeah. so that this is where I mean, God does His best work. You know, these hidden seeds that have been sown years before are now coming to uh, coming to to sprout, and and we're finding out exactly what we're made of. And, I know. And you're and it's 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 fascinating. I mean, it really is. It is. I mean, one of the things that just gives me hope each and every day is to see this happening and and not be. I mean, obviously, your heart breaks when you see the bloodshed and the behavior. Headings. It's, it's it's you can't you can't not be a human being and, and not right. be you know empathetic for that. But at the same time, I mean these are the growing pains. I mean this is they, they so, this willful disobedience mm -hmm. by people. You can see it. I mean it, right. It's, it, it's, yeah, you're what a time right. to be alive, guys! Isn't I'm telling you, it, it is. You just wonder how much longer is Jesus going to take to uh, exactly. to return? But you know, Roger, I do also want to want to ask you as well. You know, when people listen to us, uh, we want to remind our listeners. Don't stop thinking about our sponsors either, okay? We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We, we, can, yeah. we can talk about these issues while at the same time supporting our sponsors like ADF, like Preborn. And Roger, like Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial, I mean, they help a lot of our listeners. Yeah, they certainly do. And one of the things that I appreciate about that is you can have these kinds of conversations with Dennis and his staff too, because trust me, they're just not looking at, you know, X's and O's and, you know, dollar signs and things like that when it comes to the investments. They're looking at the morality of it. They're looking at mm. real estate investment trusts that are backed on real estate that's here in the United States that in many cases are, you know, owned by Christian landowners. I mean, they're apartment complexes and farmland and some of the things that are, are coming to fruition when you read about like Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland. It's like, well, the real estate investment trust alternative that you get with Wilson Financial is doing the same thing. And, and it's just it's just more God honoring. I mean, the whole idea that you would be placing your investments with a, an organization that is looking to A, make a profit, B, of course, you know, uh, de deliver a solid, safe return for their customers, but also to be able to say, look, this is a stewardship issue. And I, that's why I wholeheartedly support Dennis. I'm so grateful he's a part of what we're doing here at National Crawford Roundtable. Uh, you owe it to yourself now more than ever before uh, to go to Wilson Financial's uh, website, or you can find that link up at crawfordmediagroup.net. Don't wait, because uh, things are moving very quickly right now. And if you are hesitant about what's happening with your investment portfolio, um, and you want to add some peace of mind and good stewardship, Wilson Financial is the way to go. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate all of you folks supporting them. So we're kind of winding down our time here. We only have got a couple of minutes left. And so let's let's shift gears in our last couple of minutes. What's going to happen with the House Speaker race? John, what do you think? Is it going to be Jim Jordan? There, he had know. 20 no votes yesterday. I know. It went it went down actually yesterday. Now, some are saying some of that is because the first you know couple of rounds or the first round, I guess you could say, some folks wanted to prove a point against the 13 that you know kind of got him there mm-hmm. in the first place, and it's sort of and uh, set up deal making too. Yeah, if you're a no vote, now you can get more yeah, more back right. backroom deals. Now, will will he come back strong today? I don't know. There's some out there also saying that there's such resistance from the left now as well. That how does that play into all of this? And guys, I don't. I wish I had a good answer. I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm probably more nervous than maybe I should be because I think. Thanks, Matt Gates. You put us in a predicament that we shouldn't be in right now. You know something? And I said this on, on my show the other day. If Jim Jordan somehow, some way gets into the speakership position, Roger, then I, there could be an argument to say, all right, Matt Gates gambled, but it paid off. But And so I don't know. To me, it would be worth two or three weeks of chaos if we end up with Jim Jordan in the speakership. But if we end up with somebody who is even more of a rhino than McCarthy, that's that's going to make me very nervous. we got about 30 seconds, Roger. What do you think about that? Well, I think that it depends on how you define chaos, quite frankly. I mean, this is really just a, a coming down to, I mean, what other kind of chaos is going on? Today, the chaos is the Speaker of the House. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, chaos I, du jour. I know that's to insinuate that the House and Senate aren't chaotic already, and uh, this yeah. is. I, I think I, I, of the options that are on the table right now. I mean, Jim Jordan is a is a good choice. I think number one, number two. Let's not forget this is the third most important role in government right. in the United States. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy is third going to be the leader of the right. free world if you know third in line. So I mean, th- it's not like we could just kind of go along saying, "Well, I didn't get this or I didn't get that." Uh, I think Gates may have played his hand strongly, but I'd like to see him support Jim Jordan now if he's okay with it. I mean, there's no one Absolutely. that's going to be perfect, but I think right. he's a good choice. I, I hope so too. Hey, John, as we kind of wind down this podcast, uh, we want to remind our listeners one more time that yep. we really do need them to financially support Alliance Defending Freedom (ADF) because this is this is helping Christians that are battling for their f- religious freedoms and rights. They, they are, and there's so many cases. I talked about Jack Phillips in the last half hour. There's a right to life, a Central California versus Bonta case that Roger probably knows more about, where basically during COVID, they created all sorts of laws that really squashed free speech, which are illegal. Alliance Defending Freedom is fighting for those. So again, for all of you listening, this isn't just always a religious thing that they're after. Yes, they're a Christian-based organization really helping out Christian businesses and organizations probably more than any others, but all of that comes back and affects each and every one of us on an mm-hmm. individual basis. It's so important, guys, that we support them. And, and by the way, you, whatever you can afford, five bucks to 5,000, guys, it doesn't matter. Anything helps them. They do all of their work pro bono. The the majority, the, I shouldn't say majority, all of the people that they're helping would not have the financial means to do this on their their own without ADF. We've got to help them, guys. Alliance Defending Freedom, you really, guys, I'm serious. You got to help them out. All of our listeners, please, I'm begging you, go help them. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, everybody. Click on the banner there for ADF. And as a matter of fact, while you're there, we're not going to be shy at all about asking you to to part with some of your money to support ADF, to support preborn. We can do all of it. Let's help our neighbor uh, fight for their religious freedoms and uh, and freedoms as Americans. Let's also 
help our neighbor's unborn baby live. You can pay for ultrasound images through preborn, and that's what causes these moms to choose life and change their mind about that abortion. A mom lets her baby live when she sees an ultrasound image of her baby, but somebody's got to pay for those. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life through ultrasounds. How many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number God lays on your heart, 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever it is, okay? $28 times whatever that is, that's your one-time gift. And here's how you give. Go online right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, and give right there. Every dime you give, 100%, goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. Support Preborn, support ADF, support Wilson Financial. And we appreciate your five-star reviews of this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. And of course, follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And guys, always great catching up with you. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, the bottom line from California, the People's Republic. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We look forward to having Neil Q. Boron back with us next week. Guys, always great catching up. Thanks a lot. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, John. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. From your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.